0: Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to RCC at RHS. My name is Mike. I'm one of the pastors. I'm I'm so happy that you're here this morning with us as we enter the fourth week of our latest series. What would Jesus say? And in this series, you just sang it. Um, we're, we're looking at the red letters in the Bible. Most Bibles signify that it's Jesus speaking by printing the letters in red. So whenever you're flipping through a Bible, if you see red letters, you know that that's Jesus actually speaking. So those are very special words, in my opinion, hopefully in your opinion as well. And and frankly, here at RCC, the Bible is very special. We always teach every Sunday straight from the Bible, and we give away free Bibles. If you haven't um, ever taken one from church, if you need a Bible at home, it's an easy-to-read translation. They're free out by the Welcome Center, or you can ask at the Welcome Center. They're out in the hallway somewhere there. But you can always take home a free Bible from RCC if you would like because we think it's really important not only to talk about the Bible on Sunday or study the Bible on Sunday, but also to read it during the week. And you can see all the verses that we use in the sermons. You can study them at home. It just takes everything so much deeper. In this series, in in these red letters we've kind of focused on pretty controversial subjects, just maybe because it's fun, but it's certainly meaningful because these are the things that we hear about in society all the time. We talked about faith. We talked about money last week. Next week, we conclude the series, and we're going to be talking about politics. What does Jesus have to say about politics and that sort of stuff? It should be really good. I'm excited about next week already. However, last week, as, as we talked about it, we also kind of um, unrolled or out-unrolled, outrolled, put out our new RCC um, Sunday webpage. And it was mentioned in the video this morning. However, one thing that wasn't mentioned in the video you need to know about, um, internet doesn't work so great here in the building, but they have free Wi-Fi. So if you go to your settings and turn on the school Wi-Fi, then during the sermon, you can actually look through the sermon notes. The verses are there, so maybe you'd prefer to look at it that way. You don't have to use your bulletin then. That's totally up to you, but it's absolutely fine with me for you to have those out and follow along. It's just like having a bulletin out in your lap except, except it's on your phone. Lots of churches, that's all they have these days. They don't have a printed bulletin. We're going to do both. Um, so hopefully you just do, do it the way you like to do it. Either way is fine with us. So there's there's the, there's the bulletin. There's the verses. And then also I talked about last week, we need to do a better job of sharing all the amazing things that God is doing here at church. So every month we're going to highlight a different ministry. You'll see it in the video offering comments after the sermon. But on that page, every month we'll switch it out, you know, highlight different ministries, whether it's something within our church, our missions work. I think missions is next month. Um, something we're doing that, that God is doing through RCC. So you can kind of read through that. Maybe if there's like a boring part of the sermon, there's probably going to be one or two today. Um, you could read about that instead. That would be fine with me as well. But there's always this, this stuff highlighted. Like I said, this month is children. You, you got to know this though. Like don't go in the kids' rooms today. I went beforehand, and and I shouldn't have gone. I don't know how they're using it. You can ask your kids if you have kids in children's ministry, but they had crickets in there, Um, I I think worms, chicken gizzards, fish eggs, and cow tongue. Yeah, and they actually had the whole cow tongue. So if you've never seen a whole cow tongue, you're God blessed because you don't want to see it. If you have some weird fascination like I did, go on in afterwards. You can look at it. It's just off the commons there. You can look at the cow tongue. I only could get like six feet away before I had to turn back. So check it out if you'd like. But they're doing amazing stuff in the kids' ministry today. And then also on that RCC Sunday thing uh, page, there's a link to RCC Gives. And a, good, we have it up there. I've got to tell you a few things that I missed last week. Janet and I have chosen to give this way now through RCC Gives. And it's great, you can just go in and, and you set up your account, like, probably you don't want to do it now, but at home. And you can set up an account, and then you can just give, it Just you just set it up to give weekly or monthly or whatever. And we set it up that way, and I figured something out. If you do it through a bank transfer, there's two ways to do it. Credit card, so if you give every once in a while, credit card is a great way to do it. It just comes off your credit card. Um, but if you do it through a bank transfer, the fees are a lot less. Here's how much less. This is what I figured out this weekend. Um, for what we give, if we would do it off our credit card, every, every, online thing has a fee. So this is about 2%. If we give a credit card, for us, um, that means that company would get about $300 per year from us. If we do it from a bank transfer, it's like $12 because it's 25 cents each time. So if you're a regular giver, I suggest taking the time and doing it through your bank transfer because so much more of the money goes to God. You're giving it anyways, so you'd rather, you know, be more cautious with your giving and give it where you want to give it. So if you choose that and you want to take a couple minutes to set it up, do what we did, choose the bank transfer, and, and that's the best way to do it. That's my opinion. Also, a couple people, you know, when you, when you speak to five or 600 people during the week, there's, there's lots of opinions afterwards, and, and I'm used to that. But last week, a number of people all said the same thing to me, and I really had to think about it. We talked about what does Jesus say about money. Maybe you were here, maybe you watched online, I'm not sure. But afterwards, they said, you never called people to give. You, you never inspired people to give. You just talked about what Jesus says about giving. And at first, I got to say, I, was, I didn't take that very well. I'm like, no, no, no I, I did fine. That's exactly what the Bible says. And I kind of pushed back pretty hard, like I think I did what it says in the Bible. However, a number of people mentioned it, and as I thought about it, I think they were right. And, and I think here's kind of why I messed it up. I never want people to give because I'm asking. To me, that's not like the right reason to give, because everyone's always asking everywhere, right? So who cares if it's a pastor on stage or anything else? I didn't want to give because I'm asking. I want you to give because it's the right thing to do. I want you to give because you look at what Scripture says, you look at what Jesus says, and realize you're supposed to be responsible, or you're supposed to be generous, or you're supposed to look at God's doctrine, or you're inspired, you listen to Jesus, and you're inspired to give. That's why I want you to give. So no, I didn't ask. All I said last week was you should trust, right? And at the end, everyone got pennies last week, and you put the pennies in the basket as we kind of modeled ourselves after the lady that we saw in the Bible. And I said last week, if... If you want to trust Jesus, if you want to follow Jesus' directions in all areas of your life, not just giving, go ahead and put those two pennies in the basket as they pass by. And and lots of you did that, and that was very special. But I I realized something. um, The trust part, if you trust Jesus and want to follow his directions, I think the church might be the hardest place to actually trust. There's so many stories out there of churches gone wrong, of people gone wrong. I get it if you don't trust. And, and what you should do if you're a really intelligent person is you should be cautious and you should take your time and you should figure out if you trust or not. That, that's a powerful thing and you should give because Jesus says give, not because some guy on stage. But I, I think there's one more thing I need to do. This is my envelope of secret stuff. And what I have in this envelope, and I'm going to encourage you, I'm going to take it out I'm going to put it out. This is a record of Janet and I are giving so far this year at RCC. Now, you might feel funny, like, oh, I shouldn't look at that. That's dirty, like, to know what someone else gives. It's dirty if they don't want you to, right? Like, you shouldn't be looking over someone's shoulder and doing that. That would be wrong. But, but I'm doing this to be completely transparent. I've always been transparent with everything about myself here at church. So I think I should be transparent in this way as well, because as I thought about it, how can you trust here if you, if you don't know what I'm doing? Like, may, maybe I'm just full of baloney like a lot of bad other things we've seen. So you can go ahead and look at this. I encourage you to look at it. I'll actually respect you more for looking at it because it means you're thinking. You're deciding what you should trust and whether you can trust RCC or you can trust me. So I'm going to put it out here, and you can come on up afterwards, and it's a record of what we've given to church so far this year. You can see every one of the gifts, and, and it looks a little weird because at the end, there's a whole bunch. I have a little bit of a problem. So Janet uh, is like our money person at home. Usually couples have one person that kind of does the money stuff. It's Janet because she's a math and computer teacher, and she's super smart. So she set us up to do the weekly gift on, online through the bank account, like I mentioned, but I wanted to see it for myself. So I went to the RCC gives thing and I, I did it, and I know this sounds dorky, but it's kind of fun. So if you look at that, you'll see that there were her, there was our, our weekly tithe that's in there, and you'll see that. But then you'll see there's nine more times that I gave on my own. Um, I threw my credit card. I didn't do it through the bank because it was quick. And it was just a few dollars each time, but I just thought it was fun to do. So I suggest you just do it once. Like, do a dollar. I don't care. Just do it once so you can see how it works. And then you decide if it's for you. I know it's kind of dorky. I think it's fun. You decide if you think it's fun. You decide if you trust enough to give here. That's between you and Jesus. So that's the recap from last week. Holy cow, that took forever. This week, we're talking about what Jesus says about heaven and hell. If you ask the average person, if you're just out and about and you ask the average person, do you think you're going to heaven? They usually say something like, mm, I, I think so. I, I probably. You know, I, I think I'm going to heaven. And then if you say, well, why do you think so? And they'll say something probably like, well, I'm a pretty good person. Like, I'm, I'm, I think I'm better than my, my brother. He's pretty naughty. I'm better than him or, you know, my neighbor or something. And, and that's just the answer. Like, do you think you're going to heaven? The person says, I think so. The thing is, I think so. You're going to risk heaven and hell on, I think so, on, well, I I think I'm a pretty good person. You're going to risk heaven and hell, your eternity on, I, I think I'm good enough. I hope so. Heaven and hell forever on a probably. How can you live like that? How can you live like that? Now, you know, I'm super excited about faith and Jesus and everything. I even work at a church, so maybe I'm being a little critical. So I started to analyze my own life, and this is my comparison. I eat too many Cheetos, all right? I've talked about it. I eat too many of other things, too, but Cheetos is one of them. I eat too many Cheetos. And, you know, if I'm not doing so well, like I know I'm eating a lot of stuff I shouldn't be eating, you know the last thing I want to do? Look at the nutrition stuff on the Cheeto bag, right? Like I'll eat, like, almost a whole bag or maybe the whole bag. I can eat a lot of Cheetos. Somehow, the whole time I'm eating them, I never look at the nutrition because you just don't want to see it, right? I don't know if you do that kind of stuff. Sometimes you know the information's out there, but you just don't really want to see the information because you don't like what the facts are going to reveal. So when I'm eating Cheetos, I never look at how many calories they are. However, just not looking at it doesn't make the calories go away. There they are. Like They're there. (laughs) I think it's that way with faith sometimes. Sometimes Jesus says things very, very directly, but you just kind of rather not look. Instead, we'd, we'd rather like just kind of like sort of figure it out. And the Bible talks about this all the way back in the Old Testament. It says in Proverbs, there's a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. There's a path that seems right to us, like, oh, I'm pretty good, I think I'm good. That, that's what seems right. But God addresses it all the way back in the Old Testament. He says, that's no good. And I know that's harsh. That sounds harsh from God. There's a path that seems right but ends in death. It sounds harsh. So I want to try to illustrate it for you this morning in a little bit different way, maybe a little softer way. So I need five volunteers. I need five people to come forward, and you're going to join me on stage. You don't have to say anything. You're just going to stand with me, okay? So come on, come on. You can just get up and come. Come on up. Come on. It's okay. It's a, here they come. I need five. So one, two, three, four, five. Awesome. Come on up and join me. You're just going to join me right here on stage. I need my stage hands to bring out a couple of signs for me. So we're going to bring the signs out. We've got some people coming up. And these people on stage for us are going to represent. So I've got one, two, three, four, two, four, five. Yes. Come on, spread on down a little bit. Spread on down. You're not going to have to sing or dance or say anything. But, but they're going to represent people for us, okay? And you are going to help me decide who they represent. This is going to be fun. So over here, we have the ultimate evil, and over here, we have the ultimate good. So I need you to holler out for me, a person, a human being, throughout history that is like really, really good, like one of the best people that's ever lived. Mother Teresa, who else we got? Barack Obama. Barack Obama. Let's... Gandhi, okay, let, let's go Mother Teresa. We heard that first. I need, I need a, a Mother Teresa. And Wow, since you're already all the way over here. So Mother Teresa is going, this is our Mother Teresa, and she's going to represent the nicest person, the best person ever, and we're going to move her down towards this ultimate good. We know she's not perfectly good because that's Jesus, right? No one is perfect. Mother Teresa, I'm sure, messed up a little bit from time to time. So here's our Mother Teresa, and now I need someone from history who's like, like the most evil person ever. More, more evil than hillary I heard Hitler I heard, I heard Hitler I heard Hitler so i need a I need a Hitler I need a hitler i 've I've got, I've got my Hitler. so we 're going to come down here and, and and this is our hitler she 's actually a teacher in real life but but she 'll be Hitler today. Thank you, okay. so we have our Hitler and now i need I, I, I need some other names. I heard Hillary Clinton, so I have a hillary and 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 this is my, you guys step back, like one little step backwards. Okay, I have, I have my Hillary. This is Hillary Clinton now. Now, if this is the ultimate worst person ever, and this is the ultimate best person ever, you got to help me. Where does Hillary go on our line here? Okay, so point this way or this way. Which way for Hillary? i got a lot of hands going this way. Still this way? More? No. No one's pointing the other way yet. I got oh I got some Hillary likers okay so thank you we got some Hillary likers so Hillary's gonna be here now now I need somebody else from all of history Princess Diana, Princess Diana. okay who else Abraham Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln. okay I'll, I'll do Ab- I, Princess Diana uh, she's too much like Hillary she's both politicians so well so is wait so is Abraham Lincoln never mind I uh, need I need a, I need a n- not a politician huh Brett Favre. Brett Favre okay so we got we got. We got we got Brett Favre. <laughs> and now where does Brett Favre go in, in all of history on, on the timeline? We got this way? We got, oh, we got both ways. Oh, well, I got about half of you pointing each way. So th- Brett Favre, I think, is right about in the middle. And now I have one more person from history. Who do you want? Huh? No, not another quarterback. I heard Aaron Rodgers. That way, wait, wait. Hold on. That could be fun. So here we go. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron so we got Brett Favre. Which side of Brett should Aaron go? Good and evil. Whoa! No, I see most. It's, I'm doing. I'm going on your hands. I'm watching hands pointing. More going this way. A couple that way. Still more this way. Aaron, what have you been doing, man? Uh, uh. All right. Well, I. Really? So Aaron, is, is this close to Mother Teresa? No. no. <laughs> okay. I, I like them both. So we're going we're gonna to put Aaron and Brett together, all right? So Aaron and Brett are there. Who is this again? Hillary. Hillary. And then we got Adolf. Okay. So, and Mother <laughs> Teresa. Now, here's, here's the hard part for you guys. They did their part. Here's your part. Don't, don't point or anything or holler out, but in your mind, where do you go? Where do you go? If this is, if this is Hitler and this is Mother Teresa and these are the quarterbacks, you know where, where are you? Where are you? Think right now. Where would you put yourself? Good and evil. Good and evil, where would you go? Hopefully you've got a place. And now... Where does this go? So we got the quarterbacks. We got Hillary. Now you can point again. Where am I going to put the sign? You got a point. I got about both ways. Now you guys are afraid of this one, aren't you? (laughs) No, this is the least amount of pointing I've seen by far. (laughs) You all don't want to point. All right, well, I got about half and half both ways. I got about both ways. I got about both ways. You guys can have a seat. Thank you. And, and, and Lindsay, our, our mother, <laughs> if you could stay close, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you come back up. Is that okay? You can, you can have a seat, but stay close. So here's what I like about this. Everyone has an opinion of where people should go. Everyone has an opinion of where the sign should go. And we all have an opinion of what side of the sign we should be on, right? Yet the Bible says the sign goes there. That's what the Bible says. According to Scripture, The Bible says everyone is on this side of the ultimate good. The Bible says no one is perfect. No, I'll I'll just read it for you. It's Romans 3.23. The Bible says, for all have sinned, all fall short of God's glorious standard. So, you know, whether you're Hillary or or Brett Favre, you know, myself, we're all the same. None of us are perfect. We've all sinned, all of us. It's not like there's this movable cutoff line that we get to adjust based on like, our mood or how good we were that day or whatever. We, there, there's not that line. There's no movable line. And, and honestly, would, would you really want to choose that line for other people? Seems like the work of God, right? Like You don't want to be the person who decides other people's eternal destinies. Yet there's this myth Like, there's this way that seems right. I mentioned it before. There's a way that seems right. It's a myth. And Jesus makes it so clear in the red letters. This is what Jesus says. For unless you believe that I am who I say I am, you will die in your sins. Jesus claims to have died for your sins. He died for all people's sins, from from Mother Teresa all the way to Hitler and everyone in between. This is what Jesus says in the book of John 6.48. Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, but they all died. However, the bread from heaven gives eternal life to everyone who eats it. I am the living bread that came down out of heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, offered so the world may live. I'm not sure if you've ever been part of a communion service at any church, but this is why churches have communion services. We all look at the same passage. Jesus says he's the bread. And different churches may do it a little bit differently. Sometimes you've got to be a member of the church or whatever. Here we just say, if you believe in Jesus, you should take part in communion. Different churches do it a little differently. We're all just trying to do our best to do it how we think God wants. So no judgment for any other church. We all do it because of this. Jesus says, I'm the bread. So we represent that in communion. So if you've ever been part of a communion service anywhere, it comes right out of the red letters. Jesus offers to switch places with you. And then he says in John 5, I assure you those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins, but they've already passed from death unto life. Jesus is the line. Jesus is the line. He's that powerful. That's what he claims. And he claims that faith in him gives you that power too. When he rose from the grave, what we celebrate on Easter, when he did that, he proved his power. He was powerful enough to do it for himself, and he's powerful enough to give you the same gift. So I, I want to try to illustrate how this works. If Lindsay, if you could come on back. Lindsay, um, since she was Mother Teresa, I, I have even a, a better role for her. So let's, let's, let's this sign, this sign, instead of being, um, here, I'll, I'll move it over here so the podium's not in the way. So this sign, instead of being this, now we're going to pretend it's a door, okay? And Lindsay, come on over. Like, there's really only, like, one person better than Mother Teresa, right? It'd have to be Jesus. So now you get to play Jesus, all right? So you're Jesus, and I'll feed you the lines, okay? So Jesus, you're Jesus, this is the door, and here I am, okay? And, I, and I'll, I'll be uh, Mike, all right? So I'm me, and here I am at church, and uh, it's Sunday, and I'm just being myself, so I'm, uh, here I am. I'm thinking about the sermon, Thinking about the Bucks tonight. The Bucks playing, I'm really, really excited about the Bucks playing tonight. They're in the playoffs. If you don't know, you should watch the Bucks tonight. I've been waiting my whole life for this. So the B- I really have. I've been waiting my whole life for this. The Bucks to go to the finals. I'm so excited. So the Bucks game is tonight. I'm thinking about the Bucks. Uh, game of Thrones concludes tonight. I'm, I'm thinking about that. It's going to be a great night for TV tonight and Cheetos. So I'm, I'm thinking about che- <laughs> che- Cheetos. And then fish- fishing is always in there somewhere. I can't. So these are the things I'm thinking about. Okay, it's Sunday morning. I'm at church. I'm thinking about this stuff. And then uh, I hear a knock at the door. So knock, knock, knock. I'm not really paying attention because I'm thinking about all the other stuff still. So knock, knock, knock again. Who is it? You say, Jesus. Jesus. (laughs) Good. (laughs) And now, okay, I'm kind of shaken out of my daydreams. Jesus. And I come to the door, and I say, come on in. Jesus comes in come in a little further. The problem is when, when Jesus came in and the door closed, this is the issue I have. I've been, I, I'd like to invite Jesus in, but, but Jesus isn't coming on this side. He, he's not doing that. So, what Jesus does for me is Jesus moves a sign. This is faith explained. But it's not just me, you're not listening to some pastor on stage. You're gonna to listen to Jesus, not not here, you get to go. But you're gonna to listen to Jesus from Scripture. This is what Jesus says. This is it lived out. Revelation three twenty. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear me calling and open the door, I will come in and we'll share a meal as friends. I'm thinking even if I'm eating Cheetos, Jesus is eating Cheetos. Could you imagine can you imagine Jesus with Cheeto fingers? Like now, think about it. Jesus is perfect, right? Does his, do his fingers even get orange or not? I don't know. But Jesus is coming in. That's the promise. It's that clear. If you invite him in, he comes in. It doesn't matter if you're on the naughty side of the sign. You don't move the sign. Your goodness doesn't move the sign. Jesus moves the sign. So as you sit here this morning... If I were to ask you, if you die today, are you going to heaven? Are you sure of your answer? Can you say, yes, I'm a million percent certain I'm going to heaven? I want you to be able to say that for you. I want you to be able to live with that confidence. Everything changes when you have that confidence. Is probably good enough for your eternity? Do you really want to hope so? Probably? Why not be certain? It's a fact. You're a sinner, so am I. It's just the way it is. It's okay. You're not perfectly good. That's okay. Jesus died for you, He cleaned that up for you. So you can have a way to God. Jesus invites you to the other side of the line. Jesus invites you to the other side of eternity. This is what He says in John 14:6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. This is Jesus speaking. Jesus says if you choose to believe that, you can have eternal life. He says it in John 6, I assure you, anyone who believes in me already has eternal life. So when it comes to you in your life today, Jesus is knocking. That's what he says. And all you have to do is open the door and invite him in. Straight from Jesus himself. Now I'm going to say that for you right now. I'm going to lead you in that prayer. And we're just going to say, Jesus, come on into my life. That's all you got to do. The line is moved forever. No one can move it back on you. You can't lose it. You can't forget it. It's moved forever for you. But you have to tell him. So that's what the prayer is going to be. Now, I know lots of you have already prayed a prayer like that in your life. I'll come back to you all in a minute. But if you've never prayed that prayer, I'm going to lead it. And you can say it. You can own it in your heart with me. And you can move to that other side of the line today for all of eternity. So if everyone would bow your heads out of respect for those who are praying. But if you want to pray, I'll say the words and you own them in your heart. Dear Jesus, thank you. First of all, Jesus, thank you for being so clear about it in Scripture. Thank you that all of history has recorded your words and time and time again, Jesus, we see in these red letters, your words, your quotes, that you tell us simply by believing in you, we become part of God's family today and forever. Thank you. Thank you for sacrificing for us. Thank you for moving the line for us. We want to tell you that we believe. We believe that you are God's son. We believe that you did die for us. And we do want you to lead our lives. Please help us to follow you well. In your name we pray. Amen. If today's the first time you ever prayed that prayer, the most fun thing to do at church is to help you grow. So all you need to do is is shoot me an email, and and we can get together, have a coffee, and help you figure out your next steps. And and then all of your steps, because your whole life is next steps, just like me. But today's a very special day for you. Now maybe, while we were praying, some of you were thinking, I've prayed that prayer before. I know I have. So here's my question as I get close to finishing. Can you share your faith with others? Can you invite others to faith? Because it's not supposed to be just a pastor thing. It's not something that only happens at churches. People can choose to follow Jesus all over the place. You go fishing this week and talk about it in a boat. Can you share your faith with other people? Now, I know it can be tough. I know it's kind of nerve-wracking at times. It even is for me sometimes. And I know it can be controversial. We talked about that a few weeks ago. It can be controversial. You're not supposed to talk about faith or politics or money or, you know, but talk about it. That's the real stuff. I want to ask you a question. If you're, if you're a follower of Jesus, is I hope so? Is I think so? Is probably good enough when you think about the people you care about and whether or not they spend eternity in heaven? When you think about your family, when you think about your friends, and, and you're focusing on them, can you, oh, boy, I, I, hope, I hope they believe. I think they probably believe. This one time, you know, they did this thing to help this person, and I, I think that's because of Jesus. I hope they believe. I have people in my life that I hope believe that I'm not really certain about. And we shouldn't judge others. That's not our place to choose who's going where. Not our place at all. But it is our place to share faith. We can share what we believe, non-judgmentally, not pushy-like. You can invite. When it comes to people you care about and their eternal destiny, it's important. Listen to this. One more more quote from Jesus. Jesus says, I assure you of this. If anyone acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I, the Son of Man, will openly acknowledge that person in the presence of God's angels. That's amazing. That's a promise from Jesus. When you acknowledge Jesus on earth, Jesus promises to acknowledge you in heaven. So, okay, maybe it's a little awkward to talk to your cousin about faith. It could be a little awkward. You know what won't be awkward? Heaven. Eternity. That won't be awkward at all because Jesus is going to know you. He's going to acknowledge you. So you don't got to be a perfect person. You can actually be a pretty messed up person just like me. And you can still talk about faith. Here I'm doing it. I'm far from perfect. You don't got to be perfect to talk about what you believe. And you're not a hypocrite for saying, I believe in Jesus and still screw up sometimes. It's not a hypocrite. It's human. That's okay. We're a church where we say we want everyone to invite. It's one of our big six things. One of our everybody's. Everyone invites, and certainly inviting to church is a good thing because you know people will hear about the Bible and they'll hear about Jesus at church. It's great to invite people to church if you're the, if you're wired that way. Do it. Maybe you're wired just to tell people about your story. Your, we call it a faith story. You're having coffee with friends, and, and you just tell them what you believe and, and when you chose to believe. It's just your story. Just like you tell them like you like the Bucks or Cheetos. They Just share your story. Maybe that's how you invite. You invite people to hear your story. Or maybe you can even invite people to faith in Jesus. You don't need a church service. You just, you just tell them yourself. Show them the Bible. Maybe that's you. There's lots of good ways to invite. The seminars today, they mentioned it in the video. You could go during the second service if you want. They're going to be all throughout the year. If you can't make it today, choose another one. But it talks about inviting others and the importance of it and how to do it. But I want to show you one last thing. This is super important to me. I don't know if you caught it, but the last three quotes I shared from Jesus John 5, John 6, Luke 12 all begin with the same three words I assure you. Those are Jesus' words, and those are serious words. Jesus knows we, we, we waffle. Jesus knows that we're weak. Jesus knows we screw up. Jesus knows we doubt sometimes. It's human. So Jesus says again and again and again, I assure you, I assure you, I assure you. He keeps. It's like saying, I promise. I assure you from Jesus. Jesus assures you of faith. Jesus assures you that you should be confident enough to talk about your faith with others. He promises it to you in the red letters time and time again. This is important to Jesus, and it should be important to us too. So as I close, that's what I'm going to pray about. I'm going to pray that he would bless us and help us keep this important. Because, you know, there's tons of distractions in life. But that he would help us keep this important, keep him important in our minds. So if you want to pray that with me, bow your heads, and I'll say the words for all of us. Dear Jesus, we do see that this is important to you. We understand that that faith means everything to you. And so, God, help us to keep it forefront in our minds. Help us to remember you and to prioritize you and to live every aspect of our life with faith in you. We pray this in your name. Amen.